Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write a blog called The Demon's Voice, it's about movies and shit like that. You can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com. I'm also on Twitter, at Demon's Voice, of which you definitely follow me, because why the fuck not? Uh, I hope you've all had a good week. I haven't really done anything. I tried a pomegranate. Have you had a pomegranate? It tasted like somebody else had eaten an apple, and I was now eating their teeth. So, you know, not a great week overall. Uh, I'm now going to tell you about the film The Girl of All the Gifts, which is a zombie movie from a few years ago. I think it came out in 2016. Have you seen it? Why don't you tell me about it? What did you think? I'll pretend like I care. Uh, in the meantime, I'll tell you what I thought about it, and by reading my blog thing. In which case, you can sit back, shut the fuck up, and enjoy. Cheers! The Girl with All the Gifts might sound like the title of a high-class porno, but it's actually a dystopian set horror film that revolves around the metaphor of Schrodinger's cat. Not another one of those, I hear you say. If a cat is locked in a box with a can of poison that may or may not go off, is the cat alive or is it dead? Well, like the shit song Living in a Box by the shit band Living in a Box, I reckon that actually having to live in a box would also be pretty shit, and so expect an angry cat no matter what. This is also true of zombies when you make them live in a box, apparently, although I'm not sure of their opinion on the band or song. The film takes place in a future Britain in which a fungal infection has gotten into the brains of most of the adult population and turned them into what the surviving characters refer to as the Hungries. From that nickname alone, I think I might have had an ex-girlfriend that may have had that brain fungus. I can say that of course, because although we might not be friends anymore, she was a crazy bitch who can go fuck herself. However, the reality of this brain fungus thing isn't actually too far from what the film suggests. Sure, a mushroom in your skull that can control your behaviour might sound as far-fetched as being bitten by a rage-infected monkey, but there is actually a fungus in our actual world that does latch onto the host's brain and will essentially turn them into a zombie. So far, it's only known to work with ants, but for the sake of safety, I'm still going to board up my windows and doors after stocking up on tin goods and buying a fucking anteater. So the girl with all the gifts begins with Melanie, a young girl that's secretly looking at a couple of photographs that she hides under her pillow. If they count as all the gifts, and I seriously need to spend less money on my friend's fucking birthday presents... Almost instantly, however, an alarm goes off with the girl strapping herself into a wheelchair and being pushed to join the rest of her class by a couple of soldiers. Here we see that the children are all also restrained in scenes that resemble how a posh person might imagine a comprehensive school to look. We learn that Melanie and the other children might seem normal, but when near flesh will turn into a pack of tiny psychopaths with clawing hands and snapping jaws. Just imagine a normal child on a sugar high after you've hidden the fucking Wi-Fi code from him, and it's the same kind of thing, I guess. So, Melanie is kept in a cell, which is like a box, and she's a zombie, which is something that is neither alive or dead. Can you see the Schrodinger's cat metaphor here? One of the photographs that she keeps in her cell is even of a cat. It's more obvious if you watch the film, but for now we should at least pretend that I only noticed it because I have a massive brain. This Schrodinger's cat question is asked of Melanie by one of her captives played by Glenn Close. The two don't see eye to eye for many reasons, but the biggest hurdle in their relationship is probably that Glenn Close wants to chop the young girl up and boil her into a fucking soup to find a cure. Sadly, the base is overrun with outside monsters before the procedure can take place, meaning that Close, a few soldiers, Melanie, and her favourite teacher, Gemma Arston, have to evacuate. Essentially, this film is just about a fucking weird school trip, I suppose. It's set in London, although I believe that most of the movie was actually filmed around Birmingham and Stoke. You'd think that it was a lot cheaper to show those areas as they really are instead of paying to make the capital look like it's been run down in a fucking apocalypse, but if anything, I'd say that they've had to pay to make Stoke look nicer than it really fucking is. At the very least, I guess they likely saved having to organise zombie extras in Birmingham, as you can just point the camera at any random local and instantly you've got the shambling half-life of what looks like the walking fucking dead. If the film did have a low budget, though, it's not something that's particularly obvious due to its focus on its characters and its various themes. If anything, I'd say that George Romero's 1985 film Day of the Dead is likely to be one of the movie's closest comparisons, with both films taking place in a military base, as what seems to be a mad scientist attempts to solve our zombie problem. 
That scientist's main zombie also happens to be one that's presented in a fairly sympathetic light. Although, if you've ever had to work within the service industry, then I expect you'd likely empathise with almost anything that intends to wipe out our shit-fucking species. Make a film about the history of vaccinations, and I'll spend most of its running time on the side of fucking smallpox. In fact, it seems that zombies are becoming increasingly more human in general, with 28 Days Later introducing their ability to run, Land of the Dead improving their power of thought, and now this movie essentially having the child zombies act completely human until they get hungry. In which case you have to ask if they're even monsters at all, or just a little bit hangry. Sure, they'll rip your throat out, but if you go to a kebab shop after a night out and the queue takes longer than five minutes, then I guarantee you'll see similar behaviour inside. Especially in Birmingham. This issue of who the real villain of the movie is may well be the very crux of what the film is about, as it presents us with several moral decisions and then looks at them from every possible angle. Melanie seems caring, loving, clever, and only occasionally feels the need to feast on the flesh of the living. At worst, she's on the level of a bath salts enthusiast after they've spotted a particularly delicious looking tramp. In which case, Glenn Close is the villain, right? Sure, she wants nothing more than to save the human race, but I guess no matter how honourable your intentions are, it never sounds great when you look at a child and state, I just need her spine and brain. Which is assuming that Melanie even is a child, with Close suspecting that her human-like behaviour is simply mimicry. It's possible that the young girl is simply the zombie equivalent of Bobby Davro, and who wouldn't kill Bobby Davro to save our species? Uh, if you don't know who Bobby Davro is, by the way, then, you know, fucking hell, good for you. I think the film therefore takes a stance that everything that's ever happened ever has just been a load of meaningless bollocks with our lives existed on a small rock in space that thrives on total chaos. Things don't happen because of the ongoing fight between good and evil, but because things just happen to happen, and occasionally they'll work out in our favour, and occasionally they won't. That's also the line I use whenever I'm angrily asked why I just sent a dick pic to somebody out of the balloon. However, the zombie adults are basically just walking mushrooms with the zombie children still capable of thought. If you played The Last of Us, the adults are the same as in that, really. I'm a vegetarian that fucking loves the taste of meat, but gave it up because I felt too guilty about having a living creature die just for my meal. The adults in this are therefore my dream source of food now that I think about it. It therefore seems that there's also one other theme running through the movie as well as the Schrodinger's cat thing. Well, I guess there's a few things such as the morality of vivisection, which is another similarity it shares with Day of the Dead. They both also have great scores in case you give a shit. But the girl with all the gifts also plays with the idea that old people can't stand young people, and that young people fucking hate old people. It's incredible to think that this film came out before we'd had three years of fucking Brexit, in which the young and the old really have found a lot of new and exciting things to fucking despise each other over. Glenn Close is worried that Melanie is going to take her place in the world and destroy everything that she's ever known in the same way that our real-life old people are also selfish pricks that refuse to accept any change. Nor does Glenn Close hugely like the idea of her planet being turned into a giant fungus because, uh, God forbid, the old generation leave us with a thriving natural environment. I'm pretty sure that the whole mushroom in the head thing is also how my nan thinks that actual drugs work. In the way that Melanie attempts to avoid being left alone with Glenn Close, I too have gotten pretty good at avoiding my nan. On the flip side though, the young zombies didn't ask to be how they are, and as a result they've been caged and told that they have to die. Young people don't like being dictated to by older people, and as much as we appreciate their ancient wisdom, I can't say we're that fond of the housing crisis, or a retirement age of about 112. And thanks to Brexit and the threat to the NHS, we're now in a position in which Glenn Close offering to saw open our fucking head with a rusty fucking saw might be the closest thing to healthcare that we can ever actually afford. You can call it Project Fear if you like, but if it is, then I'd call your side Project Go Fuck Yourself. You'll notice how despite being 30 years old now, I've also put myself into the category of young people. If anything, that was my main agenda for bringing up all those points in the first place, if I'm honest. Anyway, so it was a great film, and by great, I mean it was probably in the top 5 of all the films that I saw in the year that it came out. I say that as though I don't have a spreadsheet in which I can literally check every film that I saw that year. I can also see how I rated them all out of 5 and in what position this one actually came. You can tell that I'm cool, right?
I have another spreadsheet documenting how many girls I slept with in that exact same year, but the number is so extreme that there's no point trying to include positions or where people came on that spreadsheet. Uh, zero is a number, right? Still, zombie films will distract me from the loneliness of existence. I've been watching them since my teenage years, in which it seemed more productive to obsess over the original Night of the Living Dead director George Romero's work than to revise to something as insignificant as my GCSEs. That was even before I knew that you could literally just make your GCSE results up, and nobody would ever fucking check. As such, I feel mildly qualified to state that as far as this subgenre of horror goes, the girl with all the gifts is very definitely at the higher end of quality. If you have a cat in a box and no way of knowing what condition it's in, does that make it alive or dead? Who fucking cares? If you want to have a good time, then just throw the fucking box into the canal with all the rest of the dead cats and just watch the girl with all the gifts instead. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.